Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Jason Williams. And I'm Blake Kastetter. And we are the Sunday Fun Day guys. Blake, we are actually doing this on a Saturday morning. A little bit different type of scenario for us. Yeah, the uh, being an adult took over and schedules got <laughs> crazy. So hopefully we can uh, still reach everybody and help them with their fantasy decisions this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's been a interesting week for me. I don't know. You've probably seen the highlights, folks, or fanatics. But uh, as a West Virginia alum, I think I'm still in mourning over the Hail Mary incident that happened in Houston. We don't need to rehash or talk about it. The good news is it's Saturday. It's college football. I got game day on. I got my workout in. Uh, I'm probably going to get a big old Jersey Mike sub, Blake, and sit down, plop down on the couch and watch massive amounts of football. It's going to be a good weekend for it. It is. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So week five, I mean, again, we talk about teams stepping up. We talk about teams separating themselves from the pack. In the AFC, it's just a jumbled mess right now. <laughs> I mean, you got you got teams that we thought were going to be contenders that are still trying to figure out their way. We got teams that we didn't think were going to be good at all that are making some headway, and then we got just kind of a bunch of teams in the middle, Blake. You got some rookie sh- rookie quarterbacks showing up too that are yeah. know, making their teams play. I mean, they're, yeah. they're moving them along. They're getting wins. Stroud looks good. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the one thing, we, and we talked about this earlier, and we, and we talked about this leading up to the season, is these rookie quarterbacks come in with just a ton of experience because they're throwing the ball 40 times a game. I mean, 20 years ago, it was unheard of to throw it 30 times a game. But the game has changed so much between now, now and then we got quarterbacks that actually are ready to play and you got receivers that are ready to play. So not really surprising why, how these quarterbacks are doing well. Obviously, the speed is a little bit different, but their experience in terms of the passing game and how they process information is a lot better than it used to be. Uh, agree completely. Those first rounders are coming out and playing. Um, you know, not as frequently are we seeing those quarterbacks that you know get to quote unquote redshirt a year and learn yeah. and then come in year two. But uh, Sam Howell, yeah, not a rookie, but Sam not Howell, you know, came in, got to learn a little bit. Now yes, is starting. Yeah, I might have picked it- him last week as one of my <laughs> studs, right? And it's playing for a obviously a well-known offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. And yes, I think I do recall you picking him as a stud. Tell me a little bit about his output last week, Blake. Man, first half I was sweating that pick. <laughs> you scaring me. Second half came out, put up. I mean, ended up QB five on the week. That's a stud. Can't book. be upset about that. No, not at all. Not at all. Brees Hall came through too for me. Two for two. Look at I you. I know. That was uh it was kind of an easy pick, I think. I mean, Denver's yeah. D was is just reeling. And I and they they looked a little bit better this week against Kansas City. Um, but still, from the running back perspective, Pacheco did what he was expected to do, and Brees Hall did. did what I thought he was gonna do, ending up at RB three overall. Woo! RB uh, so QB five and RB three. Look at you. You're That's pretty right. pretty you get pretty good at this stud thing, bro. 
I don't know. Now we go into Tyler Boyd, <laughs> wide receiver 43. It's exactly where he was ranked and exactly yeah. where he ended up. He just he didn't get the looks that I thought he was going to get because I think um, a million of them went to Chase. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get into Mr. Chase here in a later segment. But, uh, yeah, I, I you know, obviously watching the game, he was targeted some, but actually, you know, other receivers are targeted as well. So, and I, and I think obviously Chase's comments, when you're a number one and you, you know, you, you make comments throughout the week, your quarterback's going to find a way to get you the ball. At the, at the yeah. At the expense of the other players. So while Tyler Boyd did not come through, at least he wasn't a total dud. Now my duds, whoo, my quarterback, the first dud I had Jordan love. I didn't expect him to play this bad. I didn't expect him to play great, but man, his stat line against the Raiders as such is 16 of 30, 182 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. So definitely a dud for the week at quarterback. Not uh, quite as bad as uh, Mac Jones. No, 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 not as bad as Mac Jones, but (laughs) not too far off. (laughs) So, uh, and then I'll go right into my running back and receiver duds. Uh, Kyron Williams, I mean, he had a decent game. 13 carries for 53 yards, uh, 4.1 yards per carry, not bad, but went up against a stout Eagles defense. So, I mean, if you're starting him as an RB1, then you're not getting the production that you need. No touchdowns, uh, nothing to really write home about, just a pretty average game. Now, this one shocked me, and he was not a dud. Cooper Cup, man, coming off of an injury, hadn't played all year. But not only did he get eight receptions on 12 targets, he had 118 yards and Blake eight, eight receptions. I'm sorry, out of the eight receptions, six were for first down. So clearly Cooper Cup is healthy and he's in midseason form. Trusted. Yes. If you're throwing to him for first downs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to come through. So I don't think he'll be making a dud list anytime soon, at least predicted dud list. Let's just put that out there. I think he's safe to say uh, locked and loaded every week. He's back. Yes, he is back. But a bold prediction would be, you know, one week maybe he isn't a wide receiver one. Yeah. Who was a wide receiver one this week? Oh, well, well, maybe my best and boldest prediction ever. I might have to, like, take a picture of this for future episodes years to come. So we talked about Jamar Chase earlier. And obviously he had a interesting week in the media and the media tends to blow things out of proportion, but you know, he said he's always four letter word open and you know, we tend to believe that, but was he open on Sunday to the tune of 19 targets, 15 receptions, 192 yards and not one, not two, but three receiving touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals. So he was not only a bold prediction, he was a super stud of the week. Jason, that verbiage sounds familiar. Not one, not two, but three. Was that your exact words? That was my exact words. Again, every once in a while, buddy, a squirrel finds a nut. And let's just say you got a couple texts last Sunday verifying my, my bold pick. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, I'll take credit when I can get it, but also I'll take I'll take the uh I'll take the heat when they don't they don't pan out. You know, it works both ways. That's right. My yeah. bold prediction worked out as well. It did. Two for two, buddy. I mean, bold predictions are hard to hard see come true. But 
Najee Harris being outscored by Jalen Warren. That's yes. uh, not only was he outscored, but his point total was doubled. Yeah. By Jalen Warren. Wow. I mean, I don't know if that continues down the path, but I think a lot of people see that Harris isn't the back that he was year one with Big Ben under center and that Warren might be more of the playmaker. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear. I mean, I don't think there's even any doubt anymore. I think Warren, we all, I, I mean, Warren should be starting. I mean, Najee Harris, for as good as he was in the big years, I mean, he's just unrecognizable in this particular offense. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know. I don't know what he is, but he's a shell of a former of his former self. I know. I mean, he's a he's a veteran running back at this point, but yeah, he's just not putting up like yeah. we expect him to. Exactly, exactly. Now going into our sleepers for last week, uh, piggybacking off your Sam Howe pick, I didn't even choose a player. I chose the Commanders' offense. And I wouldn't necessarily call that a great pick other than maybe Sam Howe because they got throttled by the Bears. I didn't see that one coming at all. So, again, sleeper pick was the Washington Commanders offense. While they did okay, wasn't the output that I expected from not only, you know, Sam Howe did great, but running backs, not very productive. Receivers, not very productive. But, you know, again, that's why we make the sleeper pick. It is a sleeper. My sleeper pick was the same way. You know, I picked yeah. Zach Hurts. I thought with the Bengals' inability to cover the tight end over the past 20 years, that one might come true again. But um, I guess the Cardinals didn't see it as such. They only targeted him four times, two receptions for 10 yards. Yeah, He would have been a complete dud if he hadn't gotten in the end zone. Yeah, I did see the touchdown. Well, again, sometimes sleepers work out, sometimes they don't. But we do know one thing that we – are good at, and that's picking survivor picks. Give them a little bit of, give them a couple of stats about uh, this. Like, give them a couple of stats about what we've done so far with survivor picks. So far, we have picked six, five, six, seven, eight. Now we've given nine strong picks. Yes. With zero duplicates in true survivor form. And we were wrong on one. Minnesota against Tampa Bay week one. And typically, folks, as we've talked about, week one in the NFL season is traditionally the hardest week to pick because you have no idea. Like, nobody saw Baker Mayfield doing what he's doing, and we'll get to him a little bit later. But, uh, like, that's a pretty good number so far, buddy. I mean, that, that also includes, though, you know, our pick of Miami over the Giants yeah. and Detroit over Carolina last week. So, yeah, our, our strong picks were on point. Um, our caution picks, uh, Philly and the Bengals still came through with a win. Yeah. But it's all for uh, consideration. Exactly. I mean, our caution picks, let's be honest, like you've watched some of these games and they, you, you've had to sweat some of them out. And they've, they've gone down to the wire. But again, again, this is what we talked about with Survivor. Just keep surviving and advancing. And, you know, the rules. Follow the rules. Yep, but now we're getting to the point where, you know, we made it through September. We're into yep. October. So you start to understand what each team has a little bit more, and you can start to consider other things like future value, exactly. expected win percentage, things like that, as exactly. opposed to just surviving and advancing. But yeah, that's the key, survive and advance. you got to get right. through each individual week. Right. Now, it's, folks, it's going to get harder. 
Like we're we're looking at this week, and you know we're making our picks later in the show. But as you keep winning, the stakes get higher, and it becomes more difficult to predict. So continue to stick by the rules, and you know continue to survive in advance. So coming off of uh, two strong stud picks, yes. Last week, let's see if we can keep that going on my end. This week, my quarterback stud of the week, Dak Prescott. Oh, really? I- I know. Oh, okay. I get it. All right. After that performance against San Francisco, it is hard to run him back. But okay, if the boys can't get back on track this week against a sweet, sweet matchup against the Chargers, I mean, it's time for uh, boys fans, Mike McCarthy. They, I mean, there's got to be some changes because there's time. It's gonna be. It's time to worry. When you start, uh, we'll start hearing Trey Lance whispers. Like, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Ooh, that's yeah, a big, that's a big whisper. That's well, I'm just saying. You know, Cowboys fans, you know how they are. You I know do. how they are. Yeah. This week, though, going against the Chargers, the Chargers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Uh huh. They've allowed the most passing yards per game to quarterbacks, and every quarterback except for Aiden O'Connell filling in for Jimmy G has scored 23 or more points. 23 points. Or more. Wow. Yeah, man. So, if the Chargers can't come out of the bye with Eckler back and put up points on Dallas's defense, if they can just put up points, I think that's going to force Prescott to air the ball out uh-huh. a bit more and not lean on the run game as much. That makes sense. Makes if they sense. get up early, I can see him leaning on Pollard, and then Prescott might not be that top 10 quarterback this week. Gotcha. All right. But so, on that, in that same fashion, though, uh-huh. let's go to my RB pick stud of the week, which is James Cook, because I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. I think um, Buffalo is going to get out to a lead, and that could be Josh Allen airing the ball out, or that could mm-hmm. be Tyrod Taylor giving up points to the Buffalo's <laughs> defense. You mean throwing some, a couple picks here and there? So yeah, maybe a pick six, yeah. whatever. Right, And so no matter how the Bills get up, I think they're then going to lean on James Cook mm-hmm. and just to finish out the game for him. Yeah, I mean, But against the Giants, they have allowed the sixth most fantasy points per game to running back. And every single running back they've faced, including two in one game, has scored at least 13.9 fantasy points. Wow. Yeah, so you're saying the defense is pretty much Swiss cheese. It is. So yeah. my gut here says look for Cook to be a top 12 running back this week. Oh, okay. Now I'm digging a little bit deeper on my wide receiver stud. I like it, though. I like yeah, it. Man. Jacoby Myers. He's back. Uh-huh. And, man, I bet New England wishes they still had this guy. Because <laughs> Jimmy G is using him. It's mm-hmm. a revenge game narrative for Jimmy G. Jacoby Myers, and Josh McDaniels. Sure. And you know Belichick likes to take away the number one option. Your top player, no matter who it is, he takes him away. Which we'll get into a a little bit later with a a couple picks. Yeah. All right. Well, if you take away Devontae Adams, Las Vegas only targets two receivers. Uh Uh-huh. Only targets two receivers. So far this year, Devontae Adams, 54 targets. Wow. Jacoby Myers. 36 targets. Next up, Hunter Renfro with nine targets on the season. 
So they're top heavy. Correct. So if you take away Devontae Adams, who gets the targets? Jacoby Myers. I believe he will. And Jacoby Myers, not only is he up there in uh, targets for Las Vegas, but he also is getting red zone targets. Which is cute, which is huge. Yeah, he's tied for ninth overall in the NFL with seven red zone targets this year. And to make matters worse for New England, they're going to be without Judon on the edge and Christian Gonzalez at corner. Mm. So I say fire up Jacoby Myers in all formats. I mean, that sounds like a pretty juicy matchup, buddy. I, I like that. I like your uh, I like your studs for week six. Now, getting into my duds for week six, we're, uh, we got some pretty big names on the dud list. Now, these guys haven't produced it all year, but for some reason, I feel like this may be a week that they may struggle. So my QB dud is Jalen Hurts uh, going up against the, the Jets at MetLife Stadium. Top five QB ranking going into the, the week. But again, I, I am all in on the Jets defense. They, their defense has been known to shut quarterbacks down. I don't necessarily have the stats like my uh, counterpart Blake does. I'm more of an eye test person. And what I see is a defense that's ball hungry, a defense that tackles well. And a defense that's coached well, obviously their coach being defensive-minded. And I think there's a little bit of a rivalry between Philly and New York, from what I hear. <laughs> and I think I think MetLife Stadium will be rocking, because I think the Jets are, they got a little bit of momentum coming off that win against, you know, the Denver Broncos and the Hackett Bowl. So I think that may propel them to play over what they've been normally playing against Philly. And I think they, they want to have an opportunity to beat Philly, and I think, with that being said, I think Jalen Hurts is going to struggle a little bit in terms of getting the ball to his receivers. Dallas Goddard may have a good game, but I can also see the Jets defensive line putting pressure on him and making him get, get the ball out early. So my dud at QB is Jalen Hurts. Now, my dud at RB is going to surprise a heck of a lot of people. It is no, none other than CMC. Yes, Christian McCaffrey going up against the Browns defense. Browns defense is top against top notch against the run. Going to be an interesting matchup in terms of how Shanahan is going to game plan against that tough defense. I think McCaffrey may get some catches, but I don't think I think he will struggle to get yards in the running game. So you may see him get the passing yards, but I don't think he's going to get the rushing yards that he's been accustomed to over the first five weeks of the game, of the season. So my dud at RB is Christian McCaffrey. Now, piggyback it. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I love that pick. Yeah. I came real close to putting (laughs) CMC as a bold prediction. Oh, see? And, folks, we don't – one thing you have to realize is we don't really talk about what we're doing in terms of who we're picking during the week. So it may seem like from our picks that – you know, hey, they must have talked about it, and you know, they wrote this down. We don't, we don't talk it really until now, right, Blake? We don't. That's right. Spend a few minutes anything. before the before the episode records and just yeah. chat a bit. So, in a, in a lot of the episodes you hear from us, you're like, man, well, they they seem to be on the same page. And honestly, folks, that's the reason we're doing this podcast because a lot of times we're on the same page, and if we're not, um, it's rare, but it does happen. But again, the CMC pick is interesting that you were going to go down that route. So uh, that makes me feel good. In terms of uh, wide receiver, I'm going to piggyback off your Jacoby Myers pick as a stud, and I'm going to go Devontae Adams as a dud. As you talked about, we know Bill Belichick likes to take away the offense's best player, and without question, 
per the stats that you gave, Devontae Adams is the best player on the Raiders offense. So my stud or my dud for the week is Devontae Adams. And I think Billy Belichick is going to put together a game plan, not only to stop him, but also he knows Josh McDaniels. He knows what he likes to do and he doesn't like to do. So my dud for the week is Devontae Adams. Man, I tell you what, next week could be a really exciting review <laughs> or a really somber one. Yeah. And typically it's either one or the other, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> Great. Well, let's let's transition to the sleepers. Let's let's hope we have a better pick with our sleepers than we did this week than we did last week. I feel good about it, man. You do? But your sleepers a sleepers, your sleeper is a super sleeper. I'm just looking at it now. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I I don't know if it's necessarily a super sleeper in my opinion. He's okay. He's been performing the uh two of the past three weeks. Kind of under the radar, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Yep. Um, it's Josh Downs out of Indy. Um, with Minshew under center, in two games, Josh Downs has been a first look more often than not. Uh-huh. Against Baltimore, he went 8 for 12 with 57 yards. And then two weeks later against Tennessee, he went 6 for 6 with 97 yards. Now... To date, as you can see, those yardage numbers aren't huge, and he's not yep. putting up touchdowns. So this really leans so far to PPR leagues. Um, but this week, we got Minshew going up against Jacksonville. Um, PFF has him lined up, him, meaning Josh Downs, lined sure. up against Trey Herndon out of the slot. Okay, Herndon ranks outside of the top 22 in most major stat categories out of 33 slot corners. That's not good. Nope. Jacksonville's <laughs> run D has been pretty good, but their pass D has been a funnel. So there should be plenty of opportunities for these two to connect. And I think you can expect wide receiver two numbers in all formats from Josh Downs this week. So Josh Downs is super. You heard that? You heard it here first, folks. Fire Josh Downs, fire him up. So... My sleeper of the week is a familiar face, actually. And it's been a while since anybody's talked about him, but he's surprisingly having a solid year. And that is Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's currently 15th in the QB rankings, Blake. But his stats are pretty good. He's got a QBR 70. He's got seven touchdowns, two interceptions. And the most important thing, Blake, and this is some of the, this is kind of the thing that's dog Baker Mayfield. His completion percentage is 70%, which is, in the, in the NFL, is, is above average. And, you know, he's going against a pretty good Saints D. He went against a pretty good Saints D and had three touchdowns with a QBR of 93.7. And, honestly, he's going up against a Lions secondary that has been banged up. I think they lost two corners to, like, season-ending injuries. So anytime you're bringing up backups, there's going to be production that falls off. So, I'm saying fire up shaking Baker Mayfield. He's played really well this year. He has. He has. So Baker Mayfield, sleeper, and Josh Downs. Now, the juicy part of the show, bold predictions. I can't say that mine's as bold as the last one. (laughs) Or yours. All right. Right. But I think the Bears stay in the win column, but not with another DJ Moore sighting. I don't Uh think that's how they're going to do it. I think they do it on the back of their third string running back, Deonta Foreman. This okay. dude 
has consistently been a backup right and then been right. placed into the starting role due to injuries and come out of the gate hot performing well if you look back to when um derrick henry went down uh-huh. and they brought him in i mean yep. he was rb2 rb1 every single week That's and then true. last year in carolina he got plugged in and ended up in a timeshare but when they plugged him in he performed as well yeah i mean they're down running backs and somebody's got to carry the ball right Sure do. I mean, it's it's, it's got to be Foreman. So I, I I think that's a I wouldn't say that's a crazy bowl prediction, but you know he hasn't played much all year. So again, I think that's something to keep an eye on in that Bears game. Now my bowl prediction is I don't again I'm not based on the stats last year. If you were if you're talking about stats for last year, it wouldn't be bold. But talking about his stats this this year, I think it's a pretty bold prediction. So Josh Jacobs. Remember him? Blake, you remember Josh Jacobs? Yeah, uh, yeah he led uh, last year yeah. to the NFL in touches. Yeah, yeah. So let me, he led the, yeah. And had a, almost an MVP season, wouldn't you agree? I yeah. Mean, pretty good. So let me go through his stats for this year leading up to week six. Now, this is week six, folks. This is not week four or three. He has 82 attempts for 235 yards. Only two touchdowns and averaging 2.9 yards a carry. And we are in week six. So what I am going out on a limb and saying as a bold prediction is Josh Jacobs will not only get uh, over 130 yards rushing, but he also will score three touchdowns. So essentially he's going to double his numbers for the season in one game. So that is my bold prediction with the honorable mention being that I think Brock Purdy, who is everybody's like darling right now, everybody's loving Brock Purdy. How he's playing great. He's playing at a really high level, MVP level. I think Brock Purdy is going to struggle against the Browns, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later as well. I'm just over here shaking my head. That is, those are extremely <laughs> bold predictions, and there is yeah. absolutely no way Josh Jacobs does that. Absolutely okay. no way. All right. We will see. <laughs> if he doesn't, you'll be getting a text. Oh. <laughs> I envision you cropping this segment, throwing it all over YouTube, and I'll making me famous for calling you yeah. out. <laughs> and that's what we do, right? That's right. what we do. So let's talk about Survivor. Yeah, Week man. six, Survivor in advance. Blake has already given me the stats. We're pretty good at this, Fanatics. Let's, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't, you know, we don't like to boast a lot. But we're pretty good at the Survivor thing. So I'll go ahead and start it off with my Survivor picks, the strong pick and the caution pick. So my strong pick for the week is the Cincinnati Bengals over the Seahawks. Now, if anybody saw the game last week, it was what we thought the Cincinnati Bengals would be. High-powered, big plays, going deep, getting Joe Burr out of the pocket, moving and get him, get him, getting Jamar Chase the ball. That is that is exactly what happened. Joe Burrow looks looks as healthy as he's been all year. Stat line from last week: thirty six out of forty six for three hundred seventeen yards, three touchdowns. So obviously, top five quarterback last week. I think the Bengals are starting to find their rhythm on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Defense had an interception return for a touchdown, had some sacks. Now again, playing the Cardinals, but the Cardinals have played. Teams well. I mean, they beat the Cowboys. They should have beat the Giants. So it was not an easy place to go into and get a win, and they did that pretty convincingly. Now, Seattle Seahawks coming to town. 
Now, Seattle, good team out of the NFC West, traveling cross country. And not only traveling cross country to a game that starts at 1 p.m., which would be 10 o'clock on the West Coast, but also coming off a bye. So they haven't played in two weeks. So bottom line, Fanatics, Bengals come out fast in this game, and they never look back. So my strong pick is the Bengals over the Seahawks. I think that's safe. Their corners, again, their pass defense has not been good. Not good. Exactly. With the way Joe Burrow was moving in the pocket and his ability, he was pushing off that back foot better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly. So getting the ball downfield, I think that's a safe pick. And we we don't know really the status of T. Higgins yet, but that would be an additional, obviously, bonus if he comes back and plays. We don't know his – his status yet could be a game time decision, but you know, I'm rolling with the Bengals over the Seahawks. Now, my caution pick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit about a little bit out of Blake's sleeper pick. So my caution pick is the Jags over the Colts. And you may say Jason Jags over the Colts, you know, Jags playing well, coming off a great show in London, and Colts, you know, kind of struggling and obviously quarterback going down. But here's the reason I say this is a caution. First reason, di- division matchup and we talk about those as survivor so one of the rules also the jacks are coming back from london and they went over there i believe for two weeks right blake they were over there for a long time yeah so <laughs> two weeks being over in london having a big win over the bills they may have a little bit of a hangover and i'm not talking about the hangover you're getting from hanging out in english pubs i'm talking about a hangover from traveling not just cross country but you're traveling as the British like to say it, over the pond. So my caution pick is beware if you're picking the Jags over the Colts. And also, let's not forget, that's where Mitch Mania started. And he's coming back where it all started. And also, second game for Jonathan Taylor. So again, be careful, Fanatics, Jags over the Colts. I was going to also give you a caution pick, Niners over Cleveland. But some things have changed since I made that pick. Namely, Deshaun Watson is not going to be starting. And I'm not sure who starts. Is it uh, – do you remember who started for the Browns, buddy? I don't remember the name, but they changed quarterbacks. So whoever yes. was starting is no longer starting. Yes. So that was going to be my another caution pick. But I'm kind of throwing that one out. So disregard that. I do think the Niners will win. It may be a little bit close because that game is a start time at 1. But I think the Niners are too talented. The Browns will give them a battle, but at the end, the Niners win. So Jags over Colts, my caution pick. I like it. I almost went with uh, Minshew Mania as my sleeper pick. Oh, I did too. See, this is scary, folks. Honestly, I did. I thought about it for a little bit. So, yeah, you got the revenge narrative. Minshew's looked good. Jags' pass defense has not been so good. And now he's you've got the, a two-headed monster of Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Second yeah, I, week with Taylor back. I mean, all those things add up. And then you say, not cross-country, overseas. Overseas, right? A little bit different. And then they get on a plane again and travel to Indy. Yep. All right. So over to my strong pick. Before we jump on the strong pick on my end of things, I hope to keep up being accurate. I hope we can continue to be accurate. But fanatics, you need to understand that we are trying not to duplicate. We are trying to continue forward with the survivor format, which is you pick a team once and you can't pick them again. Right. It'd be easy -er 
to pick the same <laughs> best team that's winning every single week, right? You mean like the, the Niners or Philly? Correct. <laughs> right. So keep in mind, we are trying to take you down the path of a season-long experience in the Survivor world and give you guys advice on who to pick and who to look out for. Exactly. That being said, I'm not taking my initial gut pick, and I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, okay. Over the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals have looked better than we everyone thought they would. However, the Rams offense is clicking, and it was clicking before Cup, and now we just add Cup back in. And then when you look to the other side of the ball, you've got the Cardinals just lost James Conner. Exactly. And I don't know how their offense is going to look without James Conner. So the Rams are at home. So Arizona's on the road. The Rams are six and a half point favorites. And one of the reasons that I like choosing the Rams here mm-hmm. is something I mentioned earlier. I'm starting to consider future value and expected win rate. So looking ahead, there's only other one, one other game on the schedule where the Rams are projected to win by 60% or greater. And that is week 15 against the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. So their future value is not good. What that means is there's not a lot of opportunity to use them down the road where some other games we may not have picked already or may have been a more favorable pick this week. You could use that team in week eight, week nine, week 10, et cetera. So I believe the Rams are a strong pick this week. Honorable mention, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a backup pick, Philly. I know Jason talked about Philly earlier and how they might struggle against the Jets defense. While that is true, I still think that they're going to put up more points than Zach Wilson is going to put up against the Philly defense. And Philly also has only one real remaining future value game, and that's also against the Commanders in Week 8. But we saw how that game went, and that's a rivalry game. Right, That's one that you always need to be cautious of. So you can fire up either the Rams or the Eagles this week and feel confident. All right, so now let's jump into my caution pick of the week. And this one goes back to Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, Lions are favored by three points in Tampa Bay. But this one scares me. They're on the road. And what scares me the most is Jared Goff on the road. Historically, um, Jared Goff has not been good on the road. Now, add into that what you said earlier, Jason. You had stated that uh, the Lions were dealing with some injuries at the cornerback position. The Lions are also dealing with injuries at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. I know Amonra's back, but Mm -hmm. how back is he? Is he back in a decoy back or is he back back? So um, caution to those who are thinking about picking the Lions. They're on the road. Jared Goff on the road is not good. And Tampa Bay has been surprisingly good. So be cautious making that pick this week. Yeah, I mean, you can argue that Tampa Bay is one of the surprise teams in the NFL. I mean, nobody saw what, they're, what they've been able to do, at least for the first month coming, in terms of Baker Mayfield's production. And honestly, all, their, 
winning them winning games. I don't think they I don't think a lot of people thought that Tampa Bay will be in this position right now. So definitely one to be to watch out for. Jared Goff has played well on the road so far this year, but again, small sample size, pretty tough defense. Are they going to be able to keep up offensively with the injuries they have? Are they is the secondary going to be able to shut down Mike Evans and Godwin? Um, that's going to be an interesting game for sure. I agree, man. Yeah. So, Blake, final word leading up to week six. Can you believe it's week six already, bro? Crazy. Moving. We are moving. We are moving into October. All right. So, going into week six, final words. Bipocalypse. Bipocalypse. Did you this just come week, up with that? Is I that did. new? This oh. week, we got six teams on bye. And there's one more week where we've got a major bye week like this week. This week, you got Cincy, Carolina, Dallas, Houston, the Jets, and Tennessee, week seven. Sorry. So Oof. what you want to be considering right now is hitting the waiver wire before the game start. Look at who you're going to have on by. Look at what positions you need to fill and go get waiver wire pickups while they're free because no one's thinking this far ahead. So you won't have to spend your fab. And you won't have to give up your waiver position, your priority position, to go get them. So, so you're basically saying today being Saturday is when you want to start looking at the waiver wire, like right now, as we speak. Yeah, you got to get them in. You got to go pick up players mm-hmm. for week seven to fill those voids or to potentially fill voids before the game start Sunday for week six. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. That's, that's a good call, Blake. Bipocalypse. Put that in the dictionary, folks. That's a new one. <laughs> or Google it for you, you young folks who don't know what a dictionary is. So there we go. Uh, my final word is injuries in the IR. Be cognizant of what's going on, whether it be with your team or with other teams in terms of the IR. And when I mean IR, I mean guys that are either going on IR because when you go on IR, that's at least four, four weeks and guys that are coming back off of IR. So, for example, you got some pretty big names going on IR this week. You got James Conner, you got Justin Jefferson, Khalil Herbert, and A-Chain from the Dolphins are all going to be going on IR. Now, in A-Chain's case, Jeff Wilson from the Dolphins as a running back will be coming off of IR. So, what I would say, Fanatics, is be aware of IR rules, how they work, who's coming off, who's going on, when they're coming back. It could be, it could be a lot. But that's going to ensure that you have success and keep the depth at positions that you need. Justin Jefferson, obviously, in a lot of leagues, was the number one pick. And him going on IR is hurting a lot of teams. Even James Conner. James Conner's had a great year so far. A-Chain, even Herbert, the last couple weeks has done well. So you have to be in a position, and Blake talked about this, having depth on your team is crucial because you know in football injuries happen. Good, man. Yep. So, Blake, let's talk about the socials. Find us, hit us up. We had a couple good uh, questions come in this week that Jason and I had hoped to touch on, but we ran out of time, so we're sorry. But keep the questions coming in. You can find us on Facebook at the Sunday Funday Guys and on Instagram, IG, at Sunday Funday Guys. Nice, nice. Yeah, folks, send us those questions. I mean, we're getting to the point where the season, there's a lot of movement, a lot of changes Again, a lot of guys getting hurt, a lot of guys on the waiver wire. We, we, we're more than happy to answer any of those questions that you have. So in next week's episode, uh, clearly we're going to talk about week six in the review. 
We're going to talk about our picks, the good, the bad, the ugly, and maybe super ugly or maybe super good. Who knows? And then we're going to look ahead to week seven. Yeah, and if, Fanatics, we, get, um, if, if we get questions, we will make time to get them answered live and not just message you back. 100%. 100%. Well, Fanatics, that's a wrap for this episode of the Sunday Funday Podcast. My name is Jason Williams. And I'm Blake. Fanatics, have a great Sunday Funday.